Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particular example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. When man invented the bicycle, he reached the peak of his attainments. Here was a machine of precision and balance for the convenience of man. And unlike subsequent inventions for man's convenience, the more he used it, the fitter his body became. Here for once was a product of man's brain that was entirely beneficial to those who used it and of no harm or irritation to others. Progress should have stopped when man invented the bicycle. Elizabeth West Sit up a bit. Bring your cadence down to about 60. Change down a gear. Let that lactic acid run out of the calf muscles. Unclick. Step away from the bike. You're listening to the Yarrabug radio show here on 3CR. Podcasting on the web. Listening to on the tranny at 855 on the AM dial. Many thanks to De- Democracy Now! and Amy Goodman. Aboard the uh, the trike this morning, Faith. Good morning. Good morning, Val. Colin. Good morning. Good morning. We'll be doing a show on the rise and the rise and the spectacular rise of cyclocross today. Those fields of joy. Also today, we'll be touching on a little bit of bike news from around uh, Melbourne and uh, place henceforth, and we'll have a little. Peachy little bike moment to come off the show. <laughs> My bike moment was, um, it wasn't so peachy. It was just one of those mornings where uh, there's a lot of roadworks going on in the back streets of uh, Fitzroy. Yeah. And uh, coming down Napier Street, you get diverted and then you get onto the one next to it. And after a while, you have to dodge back to Napier. And then you finally think you're on the clear run and you come down the laneway into the street you normally go and you've got to go on the pavement all the way back up to Gertrude it was uh, it was a circuitous scenic journey an inconvenient <laughs> <laughs> <Go on. laughs> 
my, my bike <laughs> moment is actually a, a car moment because yeah. I, yeah. I ran out of fuel on the way to the studio this morning. So. Didn't have the bike in the boot, ready to... I was living a little bit close to the edge in terms of how low I was prepared to take the fuel gauge, so I just got caught out. Oh, you know, you've got a parameter that you know where it is now. So. It's not the first time, Val. So, no. so. Uh, oh, God, what memories. Uh, I can remember my father and my old man going, no, nah, no, nah, that'd be right, I've got plenty of more miles in this. <laughs> Uh, um, little, I had, um, I go past that, uh, bike counter, uh, the corner of, uh, Park Street and Nicholson Street where the Capital City Trail is, um, and there's the little bike counter, got the big sign up, 57 there the other morning, it's the lowest number I've ever <laughs> yes. seen this, I went past this about 9.30 in the morning. That's sleety. 57, it's <laughs> the first time I've seen it, ever seen it under three digits, uh, and I'm a little bit like you, uh, Faith, I'm missing my ride through Edinburgh Gardens immensely actually yeah. at the moment, it's... Uh, that's uh, not too bad. You've just got to remember to swing off that roundabout. It's a bit funny, though. But anyway, <laughs> it'll get worse, apparently. They're going to head up all the way up. So, uh, How long does it take? It's been a while doing that section. Uh, yeah, well, they've got that whole compound there on the side of the uh, of the road. There. Yeah. Uh, anyway, apart from that is there are little buds starting to come on the elm trees. The yep. daffodils are out in Fitzroy Gardens. Magnolias are out. The wattle is out. We're starting the turn. A little bit of news, Faith? A little bit of news. Um, this week, uh, well, last week actually in Sydney and this week in Melbourne, Rupert Guinness launched uh, his book, The Overlander. So that's something to look forward to. It's um, the story of his ride across Australia in the inaugural Indian Pacific wheel race, um, the tragedy that stopped the race and then his final... Um, his decision to then ride the following year, even though yeah. there was no official race, and complete the journey he started back then. So that should be pretty interesting. It would be. For those who don't know, Rupert Guinness has been the cycling rider for, I think, Fairfax, and yeah. I'm not sure for who before then, for a very long time. Must have been since 2005, I would imagine. So been there for a long time. Yep, right, well. Yep. I didn't realise uh, he was such an enthusiastic cyclist, actually. But... It would be interesting, the route. Yeah. Well, he's following him last year when he completed the route. You know, it was obviously a really personal journey for him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the book will be interesting. Ah, and um, news from a study in uh, the University of Toronto, which won't be a surprise to a lot of people, they put on a, a group of drivers aged in between about 35 and 54, so nobody really, either too young or too old, that tracked their eye movement as they approached intersections. And when we say and we're going to a roundabout, the, the driver didn't see me, that's exactly what is happening. They are not seeing you at all. Even in amongst this group, 50% mm. missed watching where they should have been watching, mainly turning left they focused on, just turning left off the road. The quote from one of the people who ran the study, I think, which we should all remember, and I think we've spoken about before, when crossing a street, your assumption should be that the car doesn't see you. So, a little bit funny, but on a gooder note, the um, New Zealand Minister for Women's Affairs, Julianne Chentner, rode a bike to um, 
hospital to give birth. Her excuse was it was mostly downhill. <laughs> Obviously got a tough ride going. <laughs> well, I mean, when I had to go to hospital to give birth, we were I was going to ride, but then there's the thing of how do you get the bike home because pretty clearly after giving birth, you're not going to be sitting on the home. bike. Um, and where we were in the at the time in Amsterdam, the trams didn't run early enough for us to get to the oh, yeah. hospital and uh, parkings were very difficult and discouraged and it's not easy to book a taxi in Amsterdam, so I ended up walking. <laughs> Mostly downhill. No, I was very oh, flat. Flat. <laughs> uh. um, one last piece, and I have left this out because we always run out of time to do events, so I wanted yep. to make sure I mentioned this. The Nobel Peace Ride is coming up in September. Um, it is a journey with the Nobel Peace Prize medal being taken to Canberra from Melbourne to raise awareness of the new UN Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. The ride starts in Melbourne on September the 2nd, the birthplace of ICANN, the organisation yep. uh, behind it and who have the medal, and will arrive in Canberra on September the 20th. So it's a very relaxed ride. It's a very relaxed route. Um, uh, and there are... You can either join the entire route or you can do sec- sections. So you could li- help them leave Melbourne. There's a launch ride or yep. you could welcome them into Canberra or you could choose any and section along the way. So we'll have a link to that if you want more information in the podcast or you can go to org and uh, look up the details there. And we'll be right back after... Um this station promo, if I can find one. Sorry, Faith, you'll have to keep talking. <laughs> That's okay. okay. Um, we've got, as we mentioned, Cole Vell in the studio today, president of the Sunbury Cycling Club and uh, head honcho of the... <laughs> the look on his face. The Melbourne... Uh, well, the Essendon Field Cyclocross events, and in particular, coming up... Is Melbourne Grand Prix, Grand Prix of Cyclocross. Grand Prix of Cyclocross. And it is a Grand Prix or... Uh, um, or as Cole's been saying, Grand Prix of Community. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe you, if you can kick off Cole telling uh, everyone uh, what's going on this weekend. Yeah, so yeah, big event coming up. It's this coming Saturday and Sunday, 25th and 26th. Uh, courses will be open on Friday afternoon for unofficial practice. So okay. it's a big course build this week, so we'll have... Course fairies out there. Um, it is, it is a big community event, and what one thing I do love about it is, to me, it feels like a big group of friends getting together and just having a bit of a party and riding bikes. So, and so that that seems to be the flavour of it. Yeah, you know, and in amongst it, there's some racing that goes on. So, yeah, yeah, and that um, community that that extends well beyond, you know, Essendon Fields in Australia. I mean, you've got quite a few international riders coming over and, and I'm guessing that's because of the relationships you guys are being able to create. It's, it's an interesting one because it, it's actually, it's been quite a journey for us. And it's funny, I look back and I think, oh, how <laughs> did I actually end up here? You know, So some, it might be five or six years ago now, probably five years, we got on a bit of a slippery slope with something small and it just got slowly, it snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. But when we talk about 
the community aspect. It, it is a global community. You know, we've we've had you know, the most notable uh, international contact we had was from Eric Leiter, who was the organizer for the 2017 Luxembourg World Championships. You know, he reached out to us. Yeah, it's very encouraging, and has been for years. And um, you know, he invited us to the the World Championships. There, we went. You know, we we went to the VIP dinner and made dinner with Andy Schleck and met Brian Cookson <laughs> and you know we got rolled around as organisers from Australia and we we are you know so but um, there is within cyclocross there is a, a strong desire to grow it globally because um, one of the obstacles for cyclocross going to the Olympics is that it's very Euro focused yeah um, so you know, the UCIC development of cyclocross in the United States has been, is, is really important, but equally, you know, Australia and elsewhere. Yeah. So China and Japan. So the, you've, you're very much respected as an organiser from the UCI level, even if you're a small organiser, because they realise how much work goes into this. Yeah. Um, and that it is, you know, communities all around the world that actually end up bringing the racing together so then we had contact from Jens Decker so for anyone that's not familiar with Jens he's the 2016-2017 junior men's world champion Um, he's 19 now Um, he contacted us last year so we almost had him last year actually he he's half Australian he he's he wanted to come to Australia to help cycle cross out and to help Australian cycle cross out, and I just think it's that's just another example of the the beautiful beautiful community within cycle cross globally. Yeah, you know, he he wanted nothing for himself, you know. He just wanted to come just and help. Just be part of that. Yeah, if I come and race, I'll help globalise cycle cross, yeah. and that's what he's here for. So, yeah. and. Having met him, and he's out. The half Australian connection is his mother. His mother's Australian, so he's currently out with his mother and his brother um, to visit their grandfather as well. Um, so they've got family up towards Shepparton. Um, very, very interested in the community aspect. So uh, I'll give you an example. So on Saturday, he, he was quite keen to see the course, the, the venue. It's like, well, you know, it's a bit bare bones when it's not dressed for a race. Yeah. So, no, no, I'd still like to see it if we can. And then um, I said, well, there'll be volunteers. They've started to get the course ready. So, I definitely, we definitely want to go then. I want to go and meet the volunteers. You know, so, if if there were vols out on Saturday, yeah. they, you know, Jens Decker rocked up, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. It seems we're talking about a global thing here, but the big thing that I've noticed and then watching um, a couple of the people who have got back in the cyclocross in America and places like that it is just grassroots driven isn't it? Well, um, yeah, I know you need to organise it but from what I've seen say here in Melbourne with yourself and Dirty Deeds and that it's all built from a, just local volunteers to begin with. This is like my, my skin is actually um, gone goosebumps at the moment. <laughs> Just to talk about it, and, and yeah. from that's just the beauty of it, right? Because if it's all about elites, you'll have twenty-five people at a race, yeah. and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it'd be boring. You know? yeah. 
So it works for the elites as well. Yeah. They, they want to come to a big event, which is inclusive. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, and they want... Everyone knows you, you, you need a pipeline. You need, you need yeah, kids yeah. racing and you need novices and you need it to be inclusive of yeah. you know, women and masters and riders. And, right. and yeah, yeah. So get this, though. We, at Nats up at Sam Randa two weekends ago, um, they raced the kids, so they raced balance bikes, but there was masters 10 racing, <laughs> which yeah. is 75 to 80. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, plus everyone in between. Yeah. Um, that that to me is is the beauty of it is the inclusive yeah nature yeah. of it, and I think as an elite, you know, you must turn up and it must be just fantastic just to see so many people there, so many people racing, well, that and that really... whole carnival sort of party yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. And there's nothing better to turn up at a race and say, oh. Whether you put your bike, because there's bikes and stuff everywhere, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's great. So. And uh, so, who else have we got coming from overseas this week? And we'll just get through those quickly. Well, <laughs> thankfully, I'm quite quite happy with this. We've got a hundred percent return rate from internationals who visited awesome. last year. So we've got Squid Bikes team. So that's Emily Kachorek, Semi Runnels, and Anthony Clark. Um. There's a little bit... Sammy Rails went and had quite a successful season having raced Australia and China last year. So she ended up winning seven UCI races, which is a very big deal. Yeah. Like, in, in the States, the fields are so big and the talent pool is so deep. It's very hard for them to crack the top 15 in a race. Yeah. So for her to have enough points and get good starts and just obviously need good race legs, but... Yeah, she had a very good season. So I, th- I think there is a bit of a, uh, hopefully, a, a success formula for coming to Australia and China earlier for... Providing that opportunity Yeah, to so they don't, the points don't kick in straight away, but they kick in later in the, yeah. the season. Um, we've also, we've obviously got Kim Hurst. So Kim Hurst is now uh, an <laughs> Australian favourite, the, you know, the... The, one of the darlings of Australian cyclocross. So the story with Kim Hurst, she comes over and races a lot of the national series races. So, yeah. So, um, so that that rounds out the returning internationals. Then we've got some additional internationals. So um, we've got two riders from Japan. Yeah. Got the elite women's national champion. Her name's Miho. And I hope I pronounce this right. So, Ime and Masuru Nakazato. So we've got male and female. Yep. And we've obviously got Jens Decker from the Netherlands. Yep. So junior world champ, and we've got Jose Vandermeer, who's a privateer out of the Netherlands. So Jose comes with quite a lot of points as well. Yep. Oh. So Japan. Big centre for cyclocross. Um, if I look at, they if, love cyclocross. Yeah, if I think, well, do you want to have an international flavour at your race? Yeah, you, you, Euros and Japanese riders yeah. Yeah. like that's like doesn't get any more yeah. internationally exotic to me. So, yeah. yeah, and it's still a cyclocross racing in Japan is a stronger stronger than here, obviously. I presume. Isn't yeah, it? they've got quite a lot of. Um, 
C1, C2. So yeah. their riders um, come with good points yeah. normally. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity. But one, one thing that's been great this year is there's quite a lot of Aussies with good points because, you know, we, we do have a, a sanctioned national championship, so they yeah. get points from that. But also just from last year's two C2s. Yeah. So, you know, people have placed quite well. So, you know, obviously it depends who turns up to race, but, you know, there'll be Aussies on the front row for sure. Yeah. So... Yeah. And there's also a Friday night a women's forum coming up. Yeah, <laughs> the joke at the moment in the in the fields of joy bunker is that we, we're hoping that the women's forum doesn't overshadow the <laughs> Melbourne Grand Prix of cyclists. It's sort of bubbling away. I'm, <clears throat> I'm not I'm not sure if it's going to boil over, but um, yeah, certainly got got some potential. So the background to that is. Um, because you've you've always had good women's fields. Well, funnily enough, we haven't. We oh. when we started, our course was a little bit unusual in that it was quite hard. Yeah. Lots of off camera, yeah. lots of lots of hard climbing, short, pitchy. Um, we often joke that you know we're thankful that we don't have to race our own <laughs> race because it's way too hard. You know, so. Um, but the story with the women's forum is it was last year. There's a bit of talk like coming out of last year's event, oh, we should make more use of the build-up. You know, we've got people from all around Australia flying in and you've got the internationals, so, you know, you get a bit... This week, you feel a bit of a buzz build. And you have great sponsors who are really supportive in providing... Yeah, so they were like, well, what, what can we do, what can we do? And it's like, well, if we're going to do anything, we, we do need to be true to our community and what we've been trying to do all along. And as soon as you say those words, it's like, well, we should do something for women. Yeah. So, um, and the Women's Forum is is basically born out of an idea from the US. They ran a Women's Forum at the, the Reno CX and Ats, I believe. So, so Emily Kachorix, who's going to be here, yep. she, she was on that forum. Yeah. So anyway, it's... It's something we are organising, but we're also trying to be careful not to impose, you know, a men's view of the world on, hey, you should have an event and, you know, be thankful that us men are allowing (laughs) you to do that, you know, so I'm trying to organise it and frame it such that it can take its own shape. And uh, any big news with the course this year for... uh People who are familiar with it in re- past events. So. Uh, I'll give you. You can over feature a course. Yep. Um, so we try not to do that, um, and we also believe that riders make the race. So um, the course will will probably be, or well, most people find it similar to last year. Um, it raced well both days last year, so it was obviously helped out by the weather when it poured raining Saturday night, and it became a mud vest Sunday. Because so. I remember when you came back from Belgium, you you were quite excited about some of the ideas you'd seen in the courses there. Uh, yeah, the main thing was, coming back from Luxembourg, Luxembourg uh, um, yeah. just they're not afraid to set really, really hard courses, yep. right? And... <laughs> Um, 
once they start racing, if, if the course deteriorates, they just let it deteriorate. They don't, they don't yeah. intervene to pull rocks and stuff out of the race line or anything. So, um, yeah, that was probably the main thing was uh-huh. we're encouraged to think, well, yeah. we're, we're not setting stuff too hard. So, Are there certain things you've got to have in a cyclocross course? I'm yeah, just the, trying to think. The UCI sanctioned course the, most. There are rules, yes. Yep. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cutting to the point of it, yeah. yeah. No, no, though, no. But if, you, if we, you could talk for an hour what the difference is between an obstacle and a feature. You know, ah, so, so it's a good, yeah. So gotcha. there are, yeah, for man-made obstacles, there are guidelines as to how many you can have yep. and what type of obstacle you can have. So there's yep. recently some real changes around that. So, yeah, um, yeah so, yeah, for us... Yeah, it's stick to the rules, squeak it clean. Yeah, you know, let the the racing be the racing. And you have a fair bit of autonomy about how you design the course in the end. Apart from sticking to those, we've got those absolute guidelines. autonomy as long as we stick to the rules. Yeah, and it's safe, right? So, yeah, the big thing for us is we we we've always done this. We put a lot of corners in, right? So uh, we yeah. we. I call it the V8 supercar of cycling. So the the style of racing we like is where you can get elbow to elbow and yep. there's lots of passing yep. and lots of repassing. So and that's what corners do. And yeah. so, yeah, so we, we will chew through 1,100 stakes in our course, for instance, yeah. to, to create that. The other difference for UCI race is we deliberately set a long course yeah. so that because the elite grades will have... Um, the eighty percent rule. Yeah. So the long course means people um, get to race longer before they're eighty percent and uh, pulled out if they're if they're behind. So. And so, is there someone listening who thinks, "Well, I've never watched a cyclocross race, and I this sounds the Melbourne Grand Prix of cyclocross sounds pretty good." What can they expect when they come along? There's going to be um, for spectators. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the big thing, so thank you. That, that It reminds me, it is an international race, but we will still race kids on balance bikes. Yep. We'll still race kids on little pedal bikes. We still race support races yep. and open. So, there's so some, bring your bike. So there's something for novices, and it's also a national series round, so there's all the, the age-based categories. So the only races that are international are... Men's and women's elite. Yeah, yeah, right. So I'd really encourage people to consider just maybe coming and racing, having a bit of fun, see what the course is like, and then when you watch the elites, I think you have a heightened appreciation of yeah how good they really are. <laughs> when you tried yeah. yourself, yeah, I, I think that's for me. That's also a little bit of a unique aspect of cyclocross. But it's, it's a, you can picture being able to go to the Formula One Grand Prix and drive the course with your own car before the Formula yeah. One's come out, you know. So, And how many of those races can people um, register on the day, the kids? and Well, we we like people. Our kids are all on the day. Yep. Um, as an organiser, I like to see people race. So if I can make the opportunity available, I will, mm-hmm. um, which does include on the days we close entries wednesday night it's a really big help for us if if you can pre-enter yep and we'll put a link up for that yeah 
I'm still trying to get over the visual image of a kid on a balance bike going over one of your jumps. Uh, so we we now the way the kids work, um, we 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 modify the course. So they race yeah, yeah, on, on they race on the flat part. Yeah. On a shorter course. Yeah. Um, we put them in the middle of day, so they, yeah. so they get to race in front of a crowd, which yeah. is great, and it's always a crowd favourite. Um, it also serves the purpose where it allows us a little bit of buffer time in the middle of the day. So yeah, if we've yeah. got behind schedule in the morning, like we can catch up and it also gives the commissaires a bit, little bit of downtime yeah. to have a bit of a rest. So it works both ways. The other thing is I don't want, I literally do not want to run a big event. So the biggest, for us, the biggest party of the year and not invite the people who help you get there. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. kids and the families yeah, yeah. and, you know, all of the... Who might ordinarily race C grade? They're the people who help you build the course and yeah. Yeah. actually make the big contributions. So, yeah. you know, so yeah. we've got to be. For me, it's about being true to our community. Yep. So. Oh, and if you want to uh, see that community in action this weekend at the Melbourne Grand Prix <coughs> of Cyclocross, that's uh, Saturday and Sunday at Essendon Fields. That's right. So you can get there. Uh, there is a bit of public transport. There's lots of car parking. And there's a really good bike path along the creek and you can get up yeah, behind the... Uh, the Mooney Pines, Pines creek path. And then a little track up the back of the old Australia Post building will get you yeah. up into Essendon Fields. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much, Colin, for coming into the studio. You... Coming up next on 3CR is Jailbreak, I think. I'm pretty sure, Faith. <laughs> Don't let me check it. <laughs> but we can't say what we've seen and we're not little children and we know what we want and the future is certain Give us time to You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.